Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Cloudwater from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead. Our Christmas gospel comes from Luke, Luke 2. We're going to do this with a little bit of a visual image as we hear the voices from faith members. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinus was the governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house of the fa- and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the guest room. Now in the same region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God. Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, They made known what had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. I'll treasure these words and ponder them in my heart. The shepherds returned to their fields, saying, Glory and praise to God for all we've seen and heard. Grace and peace to you my fellow visitors to the newborn Christ this morning. Do things feel a little bit different this year? I mean, Bing Crosby didn't sing and dream about a brown Christmas. Let it rain, let it rain, let it rain. It just doesn't have quite the same ring to it. Without the snow, and the kids pointed this out, without the snow, do you maybe feel yourselves feeling feeling a little out of sorts? Does this Christmas feel... Not like the ones that you used to know. Well, I have a secret. But I'm not going to tell you yet. I know how to unlock the spirit of Christmas. It's in each and every one of us. It's a gift from Jesus. And so on this day that we celebrate Jesus' birth, it's the gift that we can give each and every day throughout the year. We don't only have to share it today and tomorrow. It's something that we learn from this story 
This special baby who's born into this world under unusual circumstances. This baby born into a place that faced oppressive leaders and violent conflict. Not that unlike what's happening in the Holy Land today. In the lead up to Christmas, the kids have helped us to explore some of the different people who might be at the nativity scene. Some of the people who, when we look at the typical manger scene, there's more than just those figurines, that there might be some other people that contributed and were part of that story, just like the one that you might see outside the sanctuary, out by door six. You know, the stories that we do know of Jesus are mostly about his life and his death. One of the greatest stories ever told only briefly touches upon how Jesus came into the world. However, the writers who do feel like it's important to tell that story do have a deeper meaning that they want us to know. They want us to know that this birth is special. The birth announcement itself is delivered in more incredible ways than hitting a golf ball and seeing if it explodes pink or blue. It's more special than sitting in a doctor's office and watching that ultrasound show this tiny little blob. It's delivered by angels. As these angels come to tell Mary the good news in Luke's gospel, or they show up in a dream to Matthew, in, to Joseph in Matthew's gospel, we hear this birth of an incredible story, the birth of a humble king, and the elements of this story require us to take a deeper look at what's going on. Now, history often frowns upon the innkeeper, as even the word on the street tried to poke at a little bit. Yet, in this actual passage from Luke, the innkeeper doesn't even talk. There's no line that says, sorry, folks, there's no room in the inn. It's only maybe in our Christmas pageants that that line has been added. Recent translations have actually evaluated what the original Greek was implying and determined that the word inn is more likely guest room. And maybe you heard that today and it gave you pause. So it's more like if you have a guest room at your house, and you know a lot of people are coming, sometimes not everybody gets a bed. Sometimes you've got a few kids who are going to be sleeping over here in a, in a corner. I mean, think about how sometimes our houses get filled to capacity and the guest room's taken, yet we still find a place for everyone. When Taryn and I lived in Uzbekistan, our host family didn't have a guest room. So what did they do? Their oldest son was booted out of his room and had to sleep on a couch so that we had a place to stay. The uncle who lived next door had a son who was about to get married, and so he built another room onto his house so that they would be able to have a place to stay. Bethlehem was flooded with people who were coming for the census. Clearly, each room was going to be taken in each of the dwellings. And it didn't make sense to build a bunch of new rooms because after the census happened, everyone was going to return home. But I can't imagine that Mary and Joseph were alone. They were there with family. Perhaps the census was a blessing. Baptist preacher Timothy Adkins Jones suggests that the birth of Jesus was more normal than we might account for. Theologically speaking, this is fertile ground. Jesus was born like any other peasant boy in a home surrounded by family. Even the signs were mundane, but were gifts themselves. He said, what if this placing in the manger isn't a sign of lack, but a sign of provision? Instead of the manger being a burden, how might being in the manger 
on the floor in the family room where the guest room wasn't available be a sign of God's provision? Is not having a familiar place among loving people a sign of God's grace, abundance, provision? There are plenty of negative storylines that we tend to focus on in this birth story, especially King Herod and the actions that he takes. But what about those who surround Jesus? Think about all of those characters who have entered this story in the last few weeks for us here at Faith. Family, presumably, is all around this infant holy, infant lowly. Cousin Elizabeth, who's pregnant and affirms and supports Mary. The innkeeper, who might be a family member, who's scrambling to figure out how to make some arrangements so that a birth can safely take place. Or even the legend of a drummer many, many years later that got created has this message of sharing a gift. What can I bring? The angel who delivers the news to the shepherds and a star that leads the magi, these wise men from afar. Even King Herod has an important role in this story because he is there to be able to show how important this peasant baby, this this child that no one really seems to think of, is actually quite special. And so unexpected guests arrive. People come to see this baby. Not kings like Herod or the chief priests or people from the synagogue, but people like you and me. So what about us? Where do we find our place around the nativity? Where do we find our place around the manger? Where do we belong in this story? How are we then to share this story of abundance and love and grace? How do we tell the good news that Jesus is born? I told you I had a secret. I know how to unlock the spirit of Christmas and make it carry for the rest of the year. And you just saw it a few minutes ago. Because you know what the gift is from Jesus? It's joy. It's joy of the world. When those kids stood up here and said, Merry Christmas, your faces lit up. Now, I know it sounds simple, but I literally saw joy to the world on the faces of those that we went Christmas caroling to last weekend. I saw the residents beam when they heard the songs that they knew so well and sang along with us. I knew that joy to the world was a message that was something that they wanted to hear. Joy to the world could have been seen when I went uh, ringing bells for the Salvation Army this week with a few of my kids. Some of them really, really excited to be there. (laughs) This is the best picture I got, too. Um, You know, one of our friends at church threw a goal at us because she she heard that we were going to go ringing bells, and she's like, you know, you know, Salvation Army, they're, they're, they're a little short. You, you guys need to ring and get about $700,000 worth. And we said, we're like, well, we're going to Lunds and buy release. So you never know. Um, we didn't raise $700,000. But in about two hours, they raised over $200. So they were pretty thrilled and they were keeping track. And I wondered, like, how, how would people respond to us? How would people Look at us, ringing bells. And people smiled. People said Merry Christmas before even we did. People looked at us as they came by and they made conversation. 
Now, some people would be on a mission and they would walk right in. But for the most part, when my kids would smile at them or look at them or say Merry Christmas, nobody ignored them. Nobody got mad. Now, not everybody gave, but many were generous. And most said thank you. And I know what you're thinking. Pastor John, you had kids with you. Of course people are going to be happy. How can that be sustainable? How can that joy last all year long? It's because joy to the world is not artificial. It's not unchecked optimism and ignoring reality. Joy to the world's human connection. It's looking people in the face, smiling at them. It's knowing that we are in this together and responding to the needs of others. Showing care through our eyes and through our smiles. Joy to the world is recognizing that in the midst of the pains and suffering and grief of this world, God is with us. We're not alone. And Jesus wasn't alone either. He was surrounded by unique and unlikely characters. So today, we surround the Christ child. We are the nativity. We are the family. And there is abundance of love to go around. This love grows when we give it away. Think about that. Love grows when we give it away. Love is the thing that Christ brought into this world. And that message was threatening to the kings and to the leaders and to the rulers But love is the gift that we can share throughout the year. No returns, but please, re-gift it. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let us receive our King. Let heaven and nature sing. Amen.